Hey everybody, this is episode 44 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony, sitting right next to me as always is my pal DeQuincy. Welcome back, your dreams for you, take it out. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us. That's pretty good. I do what I can. You got some chops. Yeah. Cool. You take as much choir as I did in school. Something's got to stick. <laughs> Shout out to Miss Eden. Thank you, Miss Eden. All right. Um, we've got a lot to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, we kind of stick to one sport most episodes. Um, the last episode, uh, we kind of diverted as well, talking wrestling and comics, which you should definitely check out. It's a really great episode, episode 43, uh, especially wrestling fans. And comic, comic book fans. You wrestling um, nerds. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, there's a lot going on this week. We are two games left. Two games left in the foot, you know, NFL season. NFL season. Leading up to the Super Bowl, we're looking at the NFC title game and the AFC title game. Four teams left. Big games coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we've got that to look forward to. We've got to make our predictions, kind of go over those. Each of those teams and, and see where everybody stands, and then uh, we'll, we'll finish off with some baseball talk. Um, I had a huge trade, I guess, at least for Houston, at least. Uh, huge trade. You're like, well, I, I would say a, a a large trade. I guess there's you know, five players involved uh, between the Houston Astros and Atlanta Braves. Uh, I'm sure, you guys. Uh, hopefully, you know you, you, you're aware of what happened this week with the Strohs. Um, some names you'll recognize, some names you probably won't. Uh, we're going to go over it, give our takes on those uh, team uh, on the players that were that were involved in, tra- in the transaction. More you than me, since I already wrote a column about it, which you should also check out because it's a really, really great column. Yes, I do well under pressure at the right a day. Uh, so, again, you know, a lot to cover, and uh, I think we should. You want to get, get rolling? Yeah, let's jump right into cool. it. Uh, we're having internet issues over here. So the first game, um, this will be to, for tomorrow when you guys get this. First game is Green Bay and Seattle. Is that that's tomorrow? Yeah. Really? Well, it'll be tomorrow when they hear this. It's oh, Friday. I got you. Okay, okay. We're recording this on Friday. Way to destroy their illusion. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it'll be posted Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's right. Seattle and Green Bay. Um, man, this where is you want to go first, Green Bay or Seattle? Let's go. Let's go with the, the road team. Okay, so Green Bay. I'm yeah. Green Bay came off of their um their victory over the Dallas Cowboys, twenty six to twenty one, which was a um a very interesting game. I guess to say, especially the uh, flags that were thrown, and more importantly, the ones that weren't thrown. Right. Uh, and well, did you watch that game? I did. Did you see the Des Ryan no catch? I did. Uh, did you think it was a catch? I did. I really <laughs> did. You know, it was. Um, it's a stupid rule, but mm-hmm. it all comes down when it's all said and done, and uh, I think it's just. You know, unfortunate, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we went through this with when we talked about the the Dallas and Detroit game. Yeah. And the way I look at it, if you if you look at Des's reaction, the way he was freaking out about it, which you know, hey, he has every right to. Mm-hmm. But look, 
when it doesn't go your way like that, you just got to get up and keep playing. And that's what Detroit did in that game. They got screwed over by that no call. And they lost that game not because of that play, but because they just came up short because they almost won the game. And the same can't be said about Dallas. They let their emotions run too high, and they got they got distracted, and it cost them. Well, because there was still a lot of time left. Tens is that kind of guy. He is a very emotional, emotional, fiery guy. No, absolutely. And, but you know, at the same time, he's he, he got to be his own worst enemy. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you know, in order for them to really make strides, he's got to have to. You know, he has to kind of reel it in at times. He has to know. When when to reel it in and, and you know when to let go, uh, and and this was not the case on Sunday, and that's what cost him. I think the emotions that were running, uh, because you know they they should have known that something like this could happen because it just they went through it just the week before. I guess, but I can also see a professional act, athlete expecting the referees to be you know competent. Is that something that? I just think it's fair. stupid that um, the uh, NFL goes the, the entire year with the same referee teams, and then it gets to the playoffs, and then they mix up the, the matchups of the referees. It makes no sense. Yeah, you build a um, what's one look for um, a Kamara com- 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 basically a rapport with the guys you're working with, and now you have all these new guys and the most stressful and a uh, heightened time of the season when all the cameras are on and everybody's watching. Yeah. And it, just, it doesn't make any sense. No, no, not at all. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, we... Yeah, it ain't what it ain't. <laughs> we, we... The best way to put it is there's a lot of fans who are very, very happy. A lot of Dallas haters, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's a lot of fans that were very upset that Dallas... The Dallas faithful. Uh, me, I really couldn't care less about that outcome. Um, just because I, I, you know, it should be they, they should ha- they should handle it a lot differently, and they probably could have won. I think, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, it is a stupid rule. Don't get me wrong. I think you know they've got to look at that, how that's called going forward. Um, and hopefully, you know, it'll mitigate these problems. You can only hope so. Um, did you hear the rumor that the Cowboys offered DeMarco, um, I was thinking like DeMarco Murray, four-year, $16 million? No. Yeah, that's it. Four-year, $16 million. Good Lord. <laughs> that, is, that is, we don't want you around money. <laughs> Go find a better offer. There's no way he comes back to Dallas, is there? Not for four years and sixteen. <laughs> God, backup running back is that. Uh, okay, let's go to um, Green Bay, the team that actually won this game. This is what else can you say about Aaron Rodgers? That he. What can we say about Aaron Rodgers? Is that he's one of the best quarterbacks in football mm-hmm. right now, especially in the pocket. He has a dynamite offense that he knows how to utilize every weapon that's available to him. Um, and that injury affected him. Oh, yes. The, the injury clearly played a role in his performance on Sunday. Um, so it's not a foregone conclusion that he 
uh, going to this game on Sunday, still not at 100%. I think there's a good chance he's still going to, he'll be, um, he'll go to the game not 100%. Games in Seattle, and I think it's supposed to be like 26 degrees, I want to say. Jeez. It's going to be cold again. He's going <laughs> yeah. from Green Bay to Seattle. It's still going to be cold. Maybe it'll be a little slow. To it. Uh, you know. Yes, but you can be used to it, but cold affects your body. Yeah. Especially when, you know, you got a calf injury like that. In fact, let me check the weather in Seattle for the game. Continue, please. Um, and what else can be said about him? He is, this is going to be the toughest game. Oh, it's going to be warm, but it looks like it's going to rain. Like a high of 53, 71% chance of rain. Traction and footing is going to be a key. Um, He, this is is the toughest game of his career, I think, going into this game. Tougher than the Super Bowl against the Steelers? Absolutely. Because this is a team, this is a a Seattle team that, that kicked their butts early in the season. That is true. He got a lot of flack for not throwing, uh, to, for not throwing at Richard Sherman the entire game. Not one pass no. was thrown Richard Sherman's way. I mean, even with all the, the weapons he has on offense. Not one pass went Richard Sherman's way. Um, so his confidence in himself and in his receiving core, that night at least, was not uh, was not greater than, than uh, Richard Sherman. Richard Clearly. Sherman is the best quarterback in the league. And but don't you forget him. That's what you get also, when you try to challenge him with a no-name quarterback. But Rodgers is also one of the best quarterbacks in football. He is. Uh, and he, he should have gone after Sherman. I liked that Cam... I mean, we'll talk about Seattle in a minute. But I liked that Cam went at Sherman. It cost him a few times. Don't get me wrong. But he was he showed that he was not afraid of, of attacking that side of the ball wherever Richard Sherman was. And he, I mean, he threw some bullets that way. And Sherman picked one off, or one or two at least. He picked them one off, and yeah. that one was by Chancellor. Okay, back. Uh, and Rodgers, so, you know, again, you know, going back, you know, it's, uh, he's not 100%. Mm-hmm. And this is why this is the toughest game of his career, even tougher than that Super Bowl game. Because he's not 100% because he already played this team and he lost big time at the beginning of the season. And because of the fact that he didn't throw, you know, he didn't challenge the entire defense that game. Uh, so there's a lot of pressure on him to make throws towards Sherman. And, I mean, and you know, Cam Chancellor is no, you know. He's no slouch. Yeah. He's a damn good safety. Ooh. Man, is he the best safety in the league right now? <laughs> Can you name any of the safeties? No. <laughs> so DJ Swearinger done baby Woo! there you go but at the same time um, this these are the games that big time quarterbacks like him are made for mm-hmm. I mean you think about it, if anybody can beat Seattle in Seattle it's Aaron Rodgers yeah or Tony Romo oh wait yeah. oh never mind yeah sure Rodgers has the arm. He normally has the mobility. Another week where he should be healthy. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be a, cold, a lot of cold weather affecting him. Um, I was going to say, and he has the we are say he has the weapons. He has the wide receivers, the tight end. 
Um, it should be very interesting. I just don't think their defense is up to stuff stuff to stop Seattle. Yeah, but Seattle doesn't have the, the receiving weapons that Green Bay does. And I think Seattle is going to rely heavily on Marshawn Lynch and the, the running game is, you know, with Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, we've you talked about like that's a bad thing. Well, no, no. Um, but we we talked about this a while back that you know Wilson is, is a very capable quarterback. Is a fantastic young quarterback mm-hmm. um, who can th- who passes with efficiency and uh, you know makes has the ability to make big throws. Um, in addition to his you know running game, uh, but. Imagine if he had a legitimate core of receivers, he would probably he would be that much better. Yeah. Oh, so well, since we're already talking about Seattle, let's go. Let's talk about them in full. Last week they beat Carolina thirty-one to seventeen. That game was a lot closer than that score indicates. And a game that only one man believed that Carolina would win. <laughs> I'm sorry, two men. You and Jared Colzart, former Astros right-hander, rookie phenom. I'm saying it. Okay, you uh, say what you want. Look, that game was a lot. You have to admit that game was a lot closer than the score. Oh, I admit that it was close. Um, And it's look. Am I surprised that Carolina lost that game? Absolutely not. I mean, of course Seattle was favored, and of course they were probably going to win that game. Didn't Um, didn't Carolina have like a garbage touchdown at the end of the game? The I think so. I'm I'm looking at the recap on my phone because the internet has failed us. But three quarters into that game. Uh, it was a pretty close game. That fourth quarter, Seattle, you know, definitely ran away with it with uh, the pick six and, uh, you know, just, just controlling the ball the rest of the way and just giving up, like you said, that, that garbage time touchdown. Yeah, going into halftime, it was, what, 14 to 10 Seattle. Yeah. So it was a nice little battle. And then the second half, Seattle just came out like a house on fire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, uh, what's his name? Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. He got, I guess, overly aggressive. Uh, but again, he he showed no fear. He he was willing to attack that secondary. One of those interceptions were was not his fault. I mean, he's throwing the ball towards where his receiver, and as Bill Barnwell pointed out, apparently Jericho Cotri heard a who and stopped and turned around, and the ball was picked off by the um, by the I can't remember who did it. But by someone in the um, Seahawks secondary. Mm-hmm. I wonder who caught that one. I will look real quick. Go ahead. Yes, I mean, it's... Uh, you okay? We're yeah. feeding you? Of course. <laughs> but I think... Did Sherman have caught that one? I guess it was Sherman who caught that one. I, I think Seattle is... I think they're beatable. I don't think that... They're, they're an unstoppable force right now. I think they are beatable, but it's not going to be in that stadium. They feed off that crowd. It's of the course. best. Like I've said this on multiple podcasts, it's the best home field advantage in all sports, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. So if they're going to be beat, they're probably going to be beat, you know, on the road in Arizona. Not uh, in Seattle. Yeah. Okay. Not, in, in, uh, not in Seattle. That's basically all those people have to look forward to now they don't have their. Super signs anymore. Maybe the Mariners. The, Mar- the Mariners. Mariners are on the way up too. Oh well, the Mariners haven't been as yeah, uh, consistently good as the Seahawks have been. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
you have anything else to say about these two? Hmm. I'm trying to think. No, I think that's all I have to say about these teams. All right, let's make these picks. All right. Green Bay at Seattle. What do you got? I'm going with Green Bay. Really? I am. Wow. Um, Gut spell on this one. Yeah, partly I like, I've always liked Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather was born in Green Bay, so I kind of really? have to hang on a little bit. I never knew that. Yeah. I learn um, something new about you every day. Yeah. Well, it's not about me. It's about you, you Hispanics are tricky people, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah. Uh, he's, he's originally from Green Bay. Um, so I, he doesn't really follow them because uh, he didn't live in Green Bay for too long. But um, at least for me, when I'm looking at football games, if, the, if I have no one else to root for, then Green Bay, you know, by default. He might still be on the season ticket holder list. <laughs> you never know. Uh, and... Again, like I said, I think Seattle is beatable, even even though they are in a very, I mean, the, the toughest stadium in all sports, really. Mm-hmm. The toughest crowd in all sports. Um, the way they built that stadium, the sound just, it doesn't like echo out. It, it goes back in yeah. into the field. Very much so. Very good acoustics. <laughs> a rich and vibrant sound. <laughs> and, well, it's kind of the culture that's building over there. Yeah. Um, and... Plus, someone's someone's got to be bold in these picks. You I'm, I'm sticking. I'm sticking with with the bold picks. You were bold last week, and it paid off for you. Last week, you went three and one, I believe. Yeah. Did you? Hold on, I got it. Once again, I went two and two because the Sunday games killed me. Let's see. Last week, we both got New England. Mm-hmm. I had Seattle. You took Carolina. One for me. I had Dallas in the upset. You had Green Bay, so you got that one. And I had Denver and you had Indianapolis, so you got that one. So you went three and one last week. Right? Two and two yet That's again. Right. I was looking so good going into Sunday. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> he's doing people doing like some kind of hand signal, like he's a man right now. Three wins. Three wins. Okay. That's, that's just like, that's, three the, like, that's the German three. No, that's that's the actual sign language three. Okay. Cool story, bro. He's actually doing sign language in front of me, people. This is riveting radio. I learned it in the back of a dictionary. That's the only sign. Well, I know. I, I heard. I, I heard. I learned the back of, and I was ready to hear car, <laughs> and then I was going to ask so many more questions. We'd have to pause the podcast because we'd have gone down a, a road we never could have came back it's from. In the back of a, of, a, of a dictionary, a children's dictionary. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I don't want to see his dictionary or where you learned it. Um. I'm staying with the home team. I'm picking Seattle. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with your pick. If anybody's going to pull up an upset, it's definitely going to be Green Bay. As far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just relying. I just believe in that crowd. Marshall Lynch running like a man on fire. Man possessed. Yeah. Not the devil. And that defense is still yeah, the best skittles. in the league. Yeah. Possessed by skittles. skittles. Yeah. And that defense is still, like I said, the best in the league. Um, you saw Chad, uh, Cam Chancellor jumping over the offensive line when he went to go block those twice. Those twice. <laughs> the and third time he was clearly he was he was gassed. gassed. He was too tired. He was blown up completely and just said, "You know what? Y'all can have this one. <laughs> yeah. Three points. They're, they're used." Yeah, I'm taking Seattle. I think they're the Bell team, and I think they're going to the Super Bowl. <sighs> That's just me. But 
I, I'm gonna fault you. It's not like when you pick Carolina. I can't fault you for this one. I can see this actually happening. All right, you ready for the next one? Yep. Another game. The Indianapolis Colts head to New England to take on the Patriots. The Colts miraculously, I would almost say, won last week. They're hot against the uh, Broncos. What was the final score? Twenty. Was it? Uh, there we go. I got it. Twenty-four to thirteen. Yeah. Um, before we talk about Andrew Luck and the Colts, let's talk about the Broncos. Because I think we talked about this off air. We have two very different opinions. Do you think Peyton Manning is done? Well, first off, their coach quits, <laughs> essentially. Mutually decided to part ways. Quit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they're without a head coach. And the big question after, immediately after the game was, you know, are you coming back next year, Peyton? To which he answered, basically, I don't know. Uh, maybe. i got to think about it. I have to process this this loss and see where I'm at. Right there, that says I'm done. It, it, it has to. Uh, for a guy that, at his age, the injuries that he sustained, um, you know, he's clearly doubting whether he's up for it. And, and I think if, if that's the case, you should go out while while you still have a passion for it, mm-hmm. while you. Um, are still putting in the time and, and the true effort, without and without you know tarnishing your legacy. You know who, who uh, Manning reminds me of now? Who? Kobe Bryant. Because I think both of them still have the passion for the game. They just understand that they are no longer at the point where they can bring it the entire season. Sure. Like Kobe can't bring eighty-two games anymore. He, he'll bring it 55 or 60. I don't think Manning can reach that Manning level anymore for 16 games. Maybe he can reach it for 8, 9, 10 games, but not the entire season. Yeah, He's got to pick his spots. And you just I think he's going to take some time to think it can he play at that level this new low, this new level and not the level of excellence that he's shown for the past 18, 19 years. Right. So, do I think he's done in terms of... Like, do you think he just walks away? Is he retired? Well, okay. Here's, here's what I... Do I think he's done in terms of can he ever be a great quarterback? No, he's no. not done in that regard. No, the rules... Is he done mentally? Yes. He's the done. rules make it so where you can be a great quarterback in this time, you know, with the, the emphasis on passing and scoring now. I mean, Joe Flacco throws the ball 30 yards in the air, and he doesn't call it a pass interference nine times out of ten. So I think he he can pull that, that off again. Oh, sorry. Is he done in terms of um, – is, uh, is, is he done physically almost for the, pretty much? Mm-hmm. Uh, does he have the heart to do it? To, I think to, he does. Sure. Um should he retire? Is he done in terms of should he retire? Yes, absolutely he should. Will he retire? No, he's not going to. Uh, he should call it quits, especially since that that first inclination of doubt has already seeped into his subconscious. Hold on, you're going to tell another man when to quit his job? To, to retire, yeah. Especially when he can make $18 million doing the job? Yeah, but, you know, he's got all the money in the world. He's got a legacy that... You know, will only suffer if he doesn't, um, if he's not, if he doesn't play like Peyton Manning the rest going forward. 
His legacy, I would say his legacy already suffers. Because when you think of Peyton Manning, what do you think of? Oh, well, yeah, he can't win the big one. Great in, great in the regular season. As soon as he gets to the postseason, he turns into you know an average quarterback. He has nine one-and-dones in his career mm-hmm. in the postseason. And that's too much for an elite quarterback. It's ridiculous. Um, Will he retire? No. No, he I don't won't. think he'll retire. And, and it's a shame. Here's a Here's a question. Will he be back with the Broncos next year? Uh, where's he going to go? Yeah, I mean. Well, I told you earlier, Bill Simmons put out a tweet. Chance he goes to Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a chance he comes to Houston. Zero. I I don't see him going anywhere near that uh, South Division. I Why? Because there's... Well, I don't think he wants to go up against Indianapolis any more than he already has to. But they don't have, like, a great defense or anything like that, and you only go to Indianapolis one time. I guess. Well, the only team in the entire division that has a quote-unquote good defense is Houston. True. Um, I don't know why you would want to go to Tennessee even for one year, even for all the money in the world, even for a stake in the team when they have no offensive weapons and – if they had the ability to get the offensive weapons that their quarterbacks need and the offensive line that their quarterbacks needed, they would have done that a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So there, there's there's nothing to indicate that they're that they're willing to do that. Denver, you know, at least had something going for them. Uh, I guess kind of. Well, I, I remember Denver being a better team than Tennessee was before Peyton Manning mm-hmm. got there. T-ball! And that's not the case with Tennessee. Kaz, he would be going into a much worse situation. Yes. Uh, the, the worst situation he could possibly, since probably his rookie year. Hmm. You might be right about that. I'm trying to go through my head right now because, once again, the internet has failed us. What team would, could he go to? I'm just going to go through the AFC real quick. So you already said no to Houston. New England's a no. Buffalo? Uh, no. Miami. No. Jets, no. No. Pittsburgh, no. no. Cincinnati, no. Baltimore, no. Especially when they just pay Joe Flacco. Every time we bring up Baltimore, I talk about how much Joe Flacco is overpaid. Oodles of money. Cleveland, no. Minneapolis, no. I still say Houston's a maybe. Usually, no. Jacksonville, no. Tennessee, no. Already take out Denver. Kansas City's already overpaid. Um, not Matt Castle. Alex Smith. Uh, Smith, thank you. San Diego, no. Oakland, hell no. Uh, let's go to the NFC side. No in Dallas. Philadelphia? No. Why not? Um, That... Chip Kelly offense is... Oh, no, I'm knocking off all the teams in the AFC because I don't think he wants to take on his brother in the AFC East. Okay. Uh, Green Bay, no. Detroit, no. Minnesota? No. Man, it depends if they get Adrian Peterson back. It's not no. Chicago, no. Now they got to be overpaid. Jay Cutler. <laughs> Carolina, no. New Orleans, no. Atlanta, no. Tampa Bay, no. Hmm. <sighs> Great team right now, BC. Um, Arizona. But they just gave um, Carson Palmer an extension. 
I'm looking at that. Houston looks like the best option. I would say he sticks sticks around with Denver. He's got the weapons already. Um, he's got the Papa John's, uh, you know, franchises already <laughs> in town. I don't see why he would he would go anywhere else at this point. I'm just saying, I, I think Houston's the best option for him because everybody else either has an, an established an established quarterback. Or the quarterback are paying too much money to, or is too, or the team is too bad for him to go to. But if you look at it this way, when when he went into Denver, he went into a situation where they didn't have a coach at the same at the time either. They were just bringing on John Fox, so he would be going. He would right now. He would be going into a system that's a, a, currently established, pretty for the most part, already established that. Would require a big change that would be conducive to his skill set and his and his age and his lim, you know his limitations. If he sticks with Denver, they're going to bring in a coach that, with the understanding that he's going to work around Peyton Manning, where Peyton Manning would have to go to a team. You know he would he would be going into a team where they might not be willing or ready to, to work around him, especially if it's only for one or two years. Agreed. Just, no, no disagreements there. I just think you won't you won't let me have hope, will you? I can't have hope. <laughs> Peyton Manning ride down the sunset with a Super Bowl ring from the Texans. You won't let me have hope, will you? It'd be nice. Don't get me wrong. I would love it. You know, especially if he could bring a title to this town. Mm. All right, let's jump off of Denver. Let's go to the team that actually beat them, Indianapolis. They're hot. They are, considering they don't have a running game, <laughs> their defense is okay. They have the best young quarterback in the playoffs still, currently. I think he's a, a step over, over Wilson, just barely, but I think he is at this point. Man, I have to think about that because I think Luck has the better arm, but he he throws the ball in spots that he shouldn't try. I think Wilson is more careful. But right now, when we've talked about this, um, the 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 weight isn't all on on Wilson's shoulders, you which, know, he, he's which able, can be a good thing, right? And which is doing great for him. It's allowing him to be a really good quarterback, but. Andrew Luck is having to be a really good quarterback with all the weight on his shoulders, and he's doing it right now. He's doing it. Yeah, he threw for a few, you know, a few more interceptions than you would like uh, from a guy that threw, you know, forty touchdowns and almost five thousand yards. Uh, you know, absolutely. There's no denying that he could have thrown. You know, he, he could have helped lower his his interception you know totals this season. But right now, he's he's making the plays, and he's he still has his team also in the playoffs. You know, along with Seattle. You think it. Question for you. You switched Luck and Wilson. Whose team is better? Because honestly, I think they're the same. Because Luck has, I would say, does have a better arm, but he also has better receivers around him. He does. Wilson Um, may have to be more careful because he doesn't have a T.Y. Hilton out there. So, I think they're... I think they're even. I give the slightest luck on arm strength, but yeah. But you know, if there's a draft and you got Wilson and I got luck, or 
vice versa, neither one of us is going away disappointed. No, not at all. I mean, you've got a guy that's already won a Super Bowl mm-hmm. and a guy who's on his way to winning one. We hope. <clears throat> um, anything else you want to say about the Colts? Because I have nothing of interest. Yeah, that's all I've got. Oh, just I think the the Colts are the happy to be here team. Really? Yeah. I think it says a lot if you're able to beat Denver with that offense, regardless of Manning's injury. With the hobble Peyton Manning, yeah, which we predicted right here on this podcast. We did. Uh, but that was still still good defense. Yeah, you know that they beat. Well, uh, aging defense. Yes, they're two big names. Uh, what's the cornerback name? Talib. Talib and Demarcus Ware had their worst games of the season on the biggest game of the season. Of course, time to, to stink it up. Of course, time to f it up. <laughs> uh, so let's go to the other side, all right? Sure. New England. We'll be hosting this game after defeating the Baltimore Ravens 35 to 31. You talk about a great game. I mean, there were points. There were the Ravens were up 14 to nothing, and it seemed like New England couldn't get anything going. Yeah, and then you know all of a sudden Tom terrific turns it around and it becomes a game again. Mm. Anything you want to say about the Ravens? Thanks for showing up. Thanks for showing up. I don't like I you know, I said you, last you, time I don't like I just you, don't like Baltimore. You, you I've never liked Baltimore. Did you watch the wire one time and you just like screw this? <laughs> I can't stand this. I have questions now. No. Alright, so let's go to any the uh, New England. Yeah. Uh great, great performance by Tom Brady. Um, the golden boy. Oh yeah. Is he your boy or my boy? He's everybody's boy. Alright. Except when he's wearing those Uggs. Then he's oh, going, yeah. Then, yeah. yeah. He's on his own. <laughs> Can't endorse that. No. I'm uh, with that. Man, this is a... Uh, I don't want to say it's a dynamite offense. Can we talk about how neither one of these teams can run the ball? Yeah. No, they really can't. <laughs> Trent Richardson got benched for the last game. Once again, the worst trade <laughs> of the past 15 years. Absolutely. Um... Yeah. New England is just working um, just basically on a robotic like <laughs> loop or something. <laughs> what? Because it, it's just so... Methodical? Yeah, that, yeah that's exactly perfect. You know what you're getting from every year. You're getting 11 to 12 wins, yeah. usually a first round bye. Well, I'm talking about right now. Right now, you know, that everybody's healthy. You know what you're getting. Um, and, I don't know, it could make them vulnerable at this point. Really? I think so. Uh, are you smelling an, up, an upset? Are you whiffing an upset? We still we still have to get to that point. We still oh. have to... Well, we gotta, we gotta see. We're, what? Mere moments away. You can go ahead right now. I don't, I you want to make the picks? I don't think there's anything else we need to say about me. Go ahead. You're already teasing. Let's see what oh, you got. Man. Um, Tom Brady is my favorite quarterback in football right now. Um, I've always been a Patriots fan um, for a long time. I don't even feel like I know you anymore. <laughs> well, in the days of Drew Bledsoe when they went up against Green Bay uh, in the Super Bowl. That was one of the first Super Bowls that I re- 
remember like really getting into. Did you cry because they got lit up? Uh, no. For some um, idiotic reason, they kicked the ball off the Desmond Howard. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, the only part of that Super Bowl I remember. Desmond Howard just taking it to the house yep. and just say, turn off the lights, the party's over. Um, I like Green Bay. Oh, no, no, sorry. I like. We know you like Green Bay. You picked them. Um, but I'm gonna go. I'm once again gonna go with an upset. I think Indianapolis is is playing the hot hand right now. Um, and I think Andrew Luck is on his way to establishing himself as uh, the Randy Orton of the NFL right now. Whoa. The legend killer. Wow. He's already taken out Peyton Manning. He's got one more legend to take out. I just want to say, and the two games that they played before, they played the Bengals without A.J. Green or Jermaine Gresham, and then they just they last week they played a useless purple <laughs> Peyton Manning. I think they got, they got lucky. I think they're a little ha- happy-to-be-here team. I think the Patriots take care of business at home. I'm almost expecting like a blowout out of this, this oh, game. No, I you know I can't fault you for that either. There's no way. But you know I, I like being bold. Um, and I'm gonna go with the bold pick. Being bold has served you well. Seeing these picks, I am four and four, and you are what you went three and one two times. So you are six and two. So basically, huh? I'm going with the underdogs. Yeah, you are going with the underdog. <sighs> So I need these two wins, and then it will all come down to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Feeling good with your picks? Yeah. You feel pretty. You seem pretty confident. Sure. I dig it. If I remember correctly, you picked the New England-Seattle Super Bowl to be in the season. Yeah, I do remember that. Are you going against that now? Just yeah, complete opposite, it seems, because I'm, um, I'm against the two teams that are playing. <laughs> I didn't think it would come down to that, but, you know, just the way that the playoffs have been going mm-hmm. and my uh, proclivity to being bold this this postseason. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it blows in your face. Yeah. We'll see if that's one of those times. Hey, we, we good with football? Sure. All right. That's good. I know next week, uh, you know, that lull in between the, the championship games and Super Bowl, that week in between, we're going to do our wrap-up show, talk about our over-unders and our bets or and our picks for um, the awards. Some look good. Some look terrible. Some you won already. First coach fired. You won that going away. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. All right, so you ready to go to baseball? Let's let's do it. All this right, this has been an interesting past couple of days. Yes. So Wednesday, the Houston Astros traded away Rio, uh, third baseman Rio Ruiz, prospect, uh, right uh, pitcher Mike Fultonevich, and pitcher Andrew Thurman. Andrew Thurman. I couldn't remember his first name. And return they got catcher slash outfielder slash DH Evan Gaddis and pitcher. Uh, lottery ticket whose name escapes me. <laughs> Literally, I do not remember this guy's name. Hoyt, I think. It is Hoyt. I don't remember his first name, though. James Hoyt. James Hoyt. Okay. So I read, wrote about the trade, so go ahead and tell the people what you think about it. I don't know. As what I to drink think the rest of this. this I feel drink. like 
Ruiz and Fulton Evage, as much, you know, with any prospect, you're always taking a gamble that they're not going to pan out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't expect the guys that are ranked as your top ten prospects at any time you can't ever anticipate or realistically expect all ten of those guys to be, you know, your starting nine and, you know, your uh, bench player or closer or whatever. You can't expect your top ten prospects to always be the best players coming up because uh, that never happens. Um, but, again, it's a risk that you're taking by letting these prospects go. And typically when teams make that risk, I feel like they get bigger returns. Like I feel like if you're giving up a, a top ten, two top ten prospects according to your team, uh, or based on what you know, your team has ranked them or, or writers have ranked them, mm-hmm. that means you're you're giving up these two guys to get, you know, a number one or number two starter. Or a, 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 a more of an impact player. And the thing about Gaddis is, yeah, he has potential to hit 35 home runs in that in, at Minute Maid Park, no doubt about it. He's 28 years old and is, is getting his hit, you know, reaching his prime. Uh, but he's 28 years old. He's had a history of, of injuries to his knees and his back, and he's a catcher. He just he's just coming off of knee surgery yeah. in the off season. I'll be surprised if he catches 10 games with the Astros this year. But continue. He is a guy who hasn't played more than 110 games in a given season. Someone read my column. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> check it out. It's, it, it was, it's good stuff. Uh, and that's based off two, the two years that he's been in the league. Um, he strikes out a lot. Yes, he does. So I feel like if you're going to give up those two guys, if you're valuing them as your as two of your top ten prospects, you should use that as a way to get something more in return, I think. I'm not saying you're going to trade, you, you trade those two guys and you're going to get Clayton Kershaw, because that's not going to happen. You know, that, one can dream. One, oh, one can dream. Nothing wrong with dreaming. Uh, but, you know, you could have made, you know, use those guys to get somebody's number one or number two starter from a struggling team or something like that. What team is that? Man, come uh, on, internet. Stop screwing with me. Off the top of my head, um, you could have used those two guys to get... Uh, man, you could have used those two guys to get uh, David Price last year, I think. David Price last year? Let's not worry about last year. Let's talk about right now, this year. There's no way you're getting Dave Price right now. Well, no, because he's on the Tigers, and the Tigers are contenders. Uh, but if, if he were with Tampa Bay right now, I think they could have gotten David Price. Look what Tampa got in return for him anyways last year. I think, and that was with a year and a half of David Price left. I don't even remember what they got from David Price. But Drew Smiley, that was it. It was a three-team trade, I think. But they, That's right. They, all they got was Drew Smiley, uh, who you know could turn out to be a fine pitcher. Um, right now, that's the only name that I can think of at this moment. Go ahead. I want you to just look through the, the team, oh. pick a struggling team, and I'll just name a starter. Philly. 
Cole Hamels? I, I think they could have gotten Cole Hamels. No. From all the reports I heard, Ruben Amaro is asking for the moon and the stars and God himself for Cole Hamels. <laughs> That's why a bunch of teams have just stopped trying. He asked for Mookie Betts. Ooh, wow. Exactly. If he's asking for Mookie Betts, the um, Ruiz slash Fultonevich isn't getting that. No. Um. We're looking at maybe the Reds. Maybe you could have gotten Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto wants shares your money. We we have the ability to do that though. We will eventually. We will after this season. So I, but so really I, I don't have a player in mind. You know, you're going through the rosters. I'm, I'm but typically, just, when you give up roster. those kind of guys, you know, that's what you should expect. Is something, you know, a number one or a number two starter. Or, you know, a, I don't know. Maybe a, a legitimate third baseman to replace to yeah, replace boy. guy Dimitri. Yeah, boy. Hey, everybody, yeah, boy. Everybody wants him gone. Why not go after a, a legit third baseman? Not Why not go after Evan Longoria? Not my boy. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Evan Longoria is untradeable. Maybe so, but no. I'm just letting you know. Cause I know you're coming with names. I'm just letting you know what, what I've heard because other teams have gone after him, and the Braves have said no, no, thank you, stay away. <laughs> I'm not trying to badmouth you. I'm just letting you no, know. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I just want to say this: people they could have gone after you know. Well, no, I was going to say uh, Zimmerman from the no. National League. So he's no. he's more of an injury risk than Gaddis, which is man. I'd rather have Zimmerman and Hamels. Jordan? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. He's younger. Um, when I hate when people always say, well, why didn't they go after this guy? Why didn't they go after this guy? How do you know they didn't and just got turned down? Yeah, maybe it came up short. That's why I didn't ask them. I'm just saying, why didn't we go after more? They might have and got turned down. That still seems like a lot to give up. But, you know... If you read if you read his article, he makes a, a compelling point uh, for why they went after Gaddis, and, and it does make sense because again, these are prospects. You just don't know how they're going to pan out. Do you know what the Astros? Uh, I'm going to bring up a stat real quick. Go to ESPN real quick and bring up a stat about the Astros' first baseman and left fielders. But I told you, like it's, I wrote in my article, you talk about Ruiz. He's been a very patient hitter. But his two years hitting in the California League, which is the most <laughs> stat-inflating <laughs> league in the entire world, he's hit a grand total of 23 home runs. Sure. And, you know, you can say he's 21 and he, he might get bigger. No, he's 20. He might get a little bit bigger. But if he's not hitting him now, then when? That's true. No, I... I... You know, I get it. You know, I, I do now. It makes and, more sense. And I, t- I, like, I told you, I told you off air. The minute they traded for Colin Moran, Ruiz became expendable. Yeah, because they, they, the front office for some reason project Moran to be a better um, MLB mm-hmm. player than Ruiz will be. Why I don't know. Yeah. And we talk about Fulton Evich. Right now, he is a. Bullpen arm. Yes, he can throw 100 mile, miles an hour and up. Yes, but that he can't sustain for a whole game. Yes, and yes, he can throw a nice little curveball. 
but that means nothing if you can't control or command it. Yeah. If you don't know where the pitches are going, if you're walking guys, if you're in AAA, if your ERA is hovering around the four, four oh five, four point five, four point six, when you're a starter, I mean, how what can I, what can I expect from you? Starting in the major leagues, right? Because right. going six, seven innings, you're not going to be able to pump that hundred mile an hour fastball. It's going to be around what ninety six, ninety seven, and even you know, the worst MLB players can get around that. And if you don't have your your curveballs not working, and you can't locate your change, then you're going to be walking guys. You're just going to be getting lit up. And if I wrote like I said in my column, if he can't be a starter. And he just becomes a reliever, an arm out of the bullpen, even if he becomes the next um, uh, Kimball, Craig Kimball, he's going to affect how many games? Even an all-star A1 closer will affect, what, maybe 50 games, 60? Even if Gaddis only plays 120, he's doubling, <laughs> he's doubling the innings, and he's playing more than just one inning. No, no, I agree. Um, back to Gaddis. The the thing about also about this trade is that not just the return, but also the fact that we this is now the fifth catcher that we're adding to our roster. Uh-huh. Corporon, Castro, Stassi, 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 Hank Conger, and now Gaddis. You say sassy, I say sassy. Um, which. I think affect it is could hurt us in trying to find trade partners. Well, you have all these catchers. I mean, do do we really need to give up this? You know, give up all of this that you're asking for to get Jason Castro or um, or Carlos Corporal? I mean, is it really going to affect you guys? You know, you, you already have these other capable catchers. You know, as well. Hmm, I guess I just feel like they're. I feel the opposite. Like they're position, they're dealing from a position of, str- of strength. We have the catchers. We can trade if we want him, and if we know we don't have an offer, we'll just hold on to him. Five catchers though. Stats. He can go back to Triple A on your four, but he's on the forty man. Is he? Yeah, he can still go down Triple A. He's yeah, I guess. But you know, Gaddis is like you said, no more than ten games catching. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be on the left field. Left field, trying to figure that. That monstrosity out. Well, the S, you know, Mid May Park's left field isn't as big as the one he's playing in Atlanta, so it shouldn't be that big of a, of a disaster. But that wall is, is you know, caroms and everything like that. It's, you know, it can throw a guy off. Uh, Castro, you know, what does that say? I mean, how is he handling all of this? Is is he going to come in with the right mindset? Well, he just got a one a four million dollar deal, so I think he's all right right now. I guess so. If if that's all he cares about. Um, and then Corporon, you know, what is this guy going to do? Uh, he's just eating up less than a million dollars now at this point. Uh, and, and Hank Conger, he well, just, they were talking to the just, Rangers yeah. about trading um, Corporon. So he, you know, so we'll see if that happens. He could be the first one to go. But then we got, Hank, and we also we just got Hank Conger, who, you know, how you know how is this, you know, how is he handling all this as well? It's just. Man, you know, usually 
usually you, you like the idea of having a, of having multiple players at one position, having that kind of good problem. But this just this at this point, this just seems like overkill. You know, this is not a, a team with two running backs. There are two dynamite. Run- this isn't C.J. Spiller and, and uh, uh, Fred Jackson, right? C.J. Spiller and Fred Jackson. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Fred Jackson from the Bills where it's like, man, these are really two really good running backs. That's a great problem for a head coach to have. You've got five catchers on your team. What is your what is your manager and management thinking? What are they how are they gonna handle this? How are they gonna juggle these guys? I don't know. It just seems uh, it, it still seems kind of awkward after, you know, even after it still seems that there is still uh, a um, move to be made, which I said. I well, no, there's, there's moves to be made, but at this point, it, it still it still feels illogical, even with the logic that's been made of it. And for some reason, I don't know. I'm still very indifferent with, about this trade right now. I don't like it, but I don't dislike it at the same time. I kind of feel the same way. I know I'm. I've basically been argue arguing with you against it. But you read read a column. I'm I'm not 100% for the trade. I just understand why they had to do it, or why they felt like they had to do it. Rather, yeah, and you know, you bring in a power bat that you're gonna you know put in the middle of that lineup with Springer with Carter, and you're looking at what 90 to 100 home runs between the three guys. Mm-hmm. But you're also looking at four to 500 possible strikeouts between those three guys. I mean, that's that's big too. That's nothing to overlook either. Um, you know, will Hunter home runs, you know, um, will they compensate for 400, 500 strikeouts? Okay, I finally found the stat that I was looking for. 2014, Astros first baseman hit a buck 68. Astros left fielders hit 218. So anything is an improvement at this point. <laughs> it's chilly. Yep. So... That that kind of explains why they made the trade. Even if Gaddis hits, last year he hit two sixty three. Even if he's around two fifty with thirty five home runs, you'll take that kind of production from left or first base. Yeah, especially if Singleton can't put it together and either um, who's out there, Jake Marisnik and. Who's the other guys? All oh, they Robbie Grossman. If they can't figure out left field, this guy can at least hit. That's true. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, in- interesting. Interesting two days. What would you me. rate the trade? Man, I don't know. I feel like if I say a B minus, it feels like people might say, "Well, you just were complaining about this deal." But at the same time, I'm. Again, it's like I like the deal and I don't like the deal. I don't know where I stand. So maybe a C plus. Go if I'm going to go right down the middle. I guess just a C plus, just for you know, you know, uh, just for the sake of, of splitting it right down the middle. I guess a C plus. I always feel like when these trades come out and people start um, hammering the Astros for deals like this, I'm the I'm like you. I'm the contrarian view. Yeah. Because I look at, it, I see, I can see the flaws in the players that they traded. Um, for me, I'm giving this a B minus. Um, of course, it will get worse if either Ruiz or Fultonevich play at their apex. Mm-hmm. 
But, I mean, they got Gaddis. He's 28, coming to the prime of his career. He'll be... He won't be catching, so I'll take the strain off his knees. They have him under control for four more years. Yeah, you gotta like that too. You know what? If something happens, if he has the outstanding year, they can always flip him. It wouldn't be hard to do. That's that is true. Anything else you want to say, my friend? We're at the wow, fifty-five minutes. We talked a lot. It's not bad. Um, Long winded. There's a lot to, to talk about. Yeah. Um, no, I, you know, as always, we appreciate all the love and support. Mm-hmm. Thank you for tuning in. Um, yes, thank you so much. We're on Twitter. Oh, I keep every time. <laughs> we are on Twitter. <laughs> Yay! Um, you can find me at ant underscore Garcia 288. How many followers do you have? Uh, I'm losing followers each day, gaining followers each day. I'm up to like 11 or 12. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so proud of you. Um, and you can also follow the, the 288 at 288 underscore. underscore. You are correct, sir. Follow me at DQ327. We good? We golden? I'm down. All right. Now we have to get offline and have some arguments about our fantasy baseball <laughs> season. So... No more to say. That's Anthony. I'm DeQuincy. Later, babies.